This is TC Palmcast. Top Treasure Coast headlines and more from TC Palm, part of the USA Today Network. Good morning and welcome to TC Palmcast. It's Friday, March 29th, which means that Daisha Johnson is back to talk about headlines with me. Hi, Daisha. Good morning. Happy Friday. Not only did we make it to Friday, we made it to the end of March. Oh, yay. That's exciting. I'm not quite sure how that happened. No, we say that every time, too. Every time we're in here and it's the end of a month or the beginning of a month. Time's just flying by. There's too much stuff happening. (sighs) Okay, let's talk about the news. So let's talk about the stuff that happened this week. (laughs) So starting off, uh, you were going to talk to me about a column that Gil Smart wrote about arming teachers in schools. Yeah, so in Gil's latest column, he wrote about an incident at his son's school, Jensen Beach High School, where a 17-year-old non-student slipped into the school. Uh, Basically, some of his friends gave him an ID and a lanyard, and he was able to enter the school. Nothing serious happened, but Gil pointed out that this is just one more incident that points towards school safety. And so this year, Gil is saying that the legislature seems bent upon expanding the state's guardian program, which allows qualified school personnel, not teachers, to carry guns on campus. However, there is a new bill being proposed that would let teachers carry guns if they pass a background check and complete the required testing. The bill also addresses some other aspects of school safety, including more funding for mental health services. Uh, But critics such as, as Gil notes in his column, the United Teachers of Dade Vice President Antonio White says it's unreasonable and irresponsible to have teachers become first responders, saying that they barely have enough time to do their primary job of teaching our kids. So you can read Gil's full column and see where he stands on the topic. Um, but it's it's a big debate around here, especially after all the stuff that's happened after the Parkland shooting and, you know, just lots of discussions on this topic. I thought it was a really interesting column and then also reading through a lot of the comments that people had on Facebook. And like you said, that one opponent said that teachers shouldn't be first responders. But in fact, Gil points out that they are de facto first responders, where right. if somebody gets onto a campus, if they are causing a fight or if they have a weapon and they're trying to hurt somebody... You don't know where the officer on campus could be. He could be across campus from where this incident is happening. So a lot of times teachers are that the first people that Absolutely. come up to somebody who's trying to, to hurt the students. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of are becoming that de facto first responder. So Gil raises the question, should then teachers, if they want to, they don't have to, but if they want to be armed and be able to take down or try to stop an incident from happening, should they be able to? Yeah. So this got a lot of comments on our Facebook page, hundreds and hundreds of them, a lot of people fighting back and forth of teachers have enough on their plate. Should we really be asking them to do this? There's no like pay raise or anything like that that's going into it. But there were some people that had some interesting points I did want to bring up. Uh, Kenneth Gunkowski, I apologize if I butchered that one. He said, thank God our children deserve protection from any trained person willing to volunteer. The argument that, quote, something might go wrong ignores the fact that something already went wrong. And I do think that that is a very valid point. A lot of us think differently about this because Parkland was so close to us, and it is something that happened in our state in pretty much our coverage area. This is something that really affected everybody on a local level. And then Laura Davis actually said that she is a teacher. She is also licensed to carry in Florida, and she's all for this idea, and she explains that she loves her students, and if someone came to the school and decided to hurt them, she would want to be able to do anything in her power to save them. 
anywhere else she goes, she is armed and ready to help in a situation. And why should her school be any different? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And that had a lot of positive uh, replies back to that specific comment. A lot of people were liking it, putting the uh, the heart emoji, things like that, and saying that she, thanking her for her bravery, thanking her for being an outspoken teacher. So I think this is going to garner a lot more debate as this bill oh, continues absolutely. to move yeah. through the legislature, which I believe goes through May. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, I think, yeah, March to May is the session this year. So, so this might get some more momentum before May when the session ends. So another big story that we had on TC Palm this week, we found out that President Trump is going to be visiting Lake Okeechobee today. So he is going to be coming down to Mar-a-Lago, and then it's believed he's going to go to Lake Okeechobee to make a speech, maybe take some questions, talking about the progress of infrastructure projects on and near the lake, such things as the Herbert Hoover Dyke Repair and the EAA Reservoir. Now, we don't know exactly when or where he's going to be, obviously, Surprise! For, for security reasons, but we do know that some FAA documents have been filed for the area around Canal Point, which is on the southeastern shore of the lake, mm-hmm. and our own Tyler Treadway will be heading over there with the other media to, later today so that he can hear President Trump's speech, and then obviously we will have follow-up stories on T.C. Palm. So this is a follow-up visit from uh, this past fall when Trump signed the Federal Water Resources Development Act which was a nationwide list of water projects that he wanted to have move forward. And that did include building that reservoir south of Lake Okeechobee. But unfortunately, the budget that was released in March didn't have as much money for a lot of the water, state water and Everglades restoration projects that our representatives like Congressman Brian Mast and Senators Rubio and Scott had asked for. They had asked for closer to $200 million to pay for Florida projects to help our waters. And the budget that came out in March only had $63 million in there. So we don't know if we're going to be able to get funding for all the projects that our state's been asking for. But I do know that Mast and Rubio and Scott have been pushing for more of that money and pushing for more action in our area. So this obviously got a lot of attention on Facebook. Whenever Trump does anything, gets a lot of attention on Facebook, whether it's in Florida or not. But the fact that we're saying that he's coming here is a big deal. There were a lot of people that were you know, making jokes and saying, oh, this is just an excuse for him to come down and play golf for the weekend. But there were a couple comments I thought were very interesting. Janie Douglas said, if I thought for one moment that he knew anything about the water situation in Florida, I would be impressed that he is making this speech. Which I brought that comment up not because it's another one making fun of the president, but she actually had a specific point. And a lot of people were agreeing with her that they were going to listen to what he has to say, but they're curious to see if he can actually talk about specific issues that are affecting Florida waters. They actually want to see how educated he is on this problem that we have. Yeah, and you can't blame him on that. I mean, this has been such a huge controversial topic for so long around here. And it's a complicated system, too, that we're having to really dive into to understand the flow of the water and how, you know, it used to run south and then it goes east and west and how many issues that's caused. So does Trump really understand the history behind all of this? I mean, this is dating back, you know, started back in, what, 1930-something mm-hmm. when we originally changed the flow of the waterway. So does he know the backstory leading all the way up to today and all the things that have been done and the false promises and all of that? So, yeah, I can't blame them for wanting to hear if he knows the stuff. Yeah. And then John Martin brought up a good point that I wanted to address as well. They said it doesn't matter if you're a Trump fan or not. Whether he knows his stuff or not, the fact that he's going to be standing outside the lake and he is going to be talking about that is going to bring national attention to a Florida problem 
and honestly it's bringing attention when there's not algae. Normally people look at Florida when we have discharges and we have horrible toxic algae blooms or we have red tide and this is a moment where the entire country is going to be looking at Lake Okeechobee, looking at South Florida, looking at our waterways and our water problems without it being poisonous right now. Yeah. <laughs> so that can't hurt. That attention can't hurt. It can't hurt any of the causes or any of the campaigns that Brian Mass or Senator Rubio or Senator Scott are doing. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think it's a great step in the right direction. So, yeah. So like I said, Tyler Treadway will be out there today covering that. And then he will have a story on TC Palm later today. So definitely check that out. And so you can see what President Trump actually did say. So lastly, we want to talk about Disney World. Yay! This is your theme park news, <laughs> and there is a lot of it today. There's a lot going on with theme parks. So this stemmed from a story you saw about Disneyland, Daisha, but we also want to talk about what's going on in our Florida theme parks. Yeah, well, the big news to start is that Star Wars Land in Disneyland in California, it opens at the end of May, and it is the, the largest single-themed addition in its history. But of course, they're really worried about crowds can't blame them for that so officials are really wanting to keep crowds at a level where everyone can move around and enjoy the surroundings and they have announced that for the first three weeks reservations will be required crowd control has not been announced for the august 29th opening of star wars land at disney world here in florida however officials have said reservations will not be needed like they are needed in california of course this could change i think they're looking at california to see how it goes and then after the initial opening there they may make some decisions here in florida of what to do but back to california because this story kind of blew my mind a little bit <laughs> first of all the only way to get a guaranteed reservation for this opening of Star Wars Land is to stay at one of the three hotels on site. Oh, geez. So they're kind of framing it like this is a soft opening and an early release for the special people who stay at the uh, resorts on the on-site hotels. So I don't know what your feelings are on Disney, but I I don't know if I love that. So once the reservations go away, guests will then have to obtain a boarding pass to enter the Galaxy's Edge course there are no details on this pass yet but it's expected that you'll have to get it through the disney app this hasn't been released yet either but time's a ticking i mean we're all two months away from the opening so mm-hmm. you think they would want it because if you're if you want to go stay at the hotel i'm sure you need to book now if they're not even already sold out which is probably likely that they're already sold out at this point i would bet they would be just because star wars fans are there are many and they come from faraway lands yes. to come and do all things Disney, exactly. all things star wars so i could see the minute this was announced and a hard date was announced of when this was going to open i bet that those reservation phones were ringing like crazy <laughs> the other issue i found interesting is the length of the window mate is not determined yet on how long people can be inside of Star Wars land because they want to watch guests and see what they do while they're inside Galaxy's Edge. And just to note, the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run is the only ride that will be ready to go at the opening. Of course, we're still talking about California. We will get to Florida. Sorry, guys. I'm almost done. <laughs> so, But the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, this is the more ambitious attraction. This is not going to be open yet. Oh, geez. So... <laughs> Some interesting stuff going on there. Disney has announced that, you know, obviously lines are going to be long for this attraction. So there will be entertainment in line. Mm -hmm. The cast members will be mingling. Bathroom passes will allow guests to return to their spot in line. And food and drink will be available while you stand in line. They are going to come to you. So some interesting stuff. I like the idea of the bathroom passes and the ability to get a snack or a drink in line because normal Disney events or uh, attractions that have been around for a while, you can stand in line for two hours. Oh, yeah. So I can't imagine what the Star Wars lines are going to be. 
It just blows my mind that all of this is a thing in the first place. Because, <laughs> okay, don't get me wrong. I've done Disney. I've done it all. It's great. It's fantastic. But just, I feel like you spend so much money and so much more time standing in line than doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And so... But I do think everybody's going to be looking at California to see how this goes to kind of guess how things are going to be handled in Florida when that opens in August. Definitely. And there's actually a lot of other attractions that are opening in all the other theme parks around here. Yes, there actually are. It's changes coming to all the big Florida amusement parks either now or this summer. So starting in SeaWorld, they actually opened Sesame Street on Wednesday. So this, I, I wonder why Sesame Street. If somebody <laughs> could explain to me, because I've read a lot of stories about this because this has been boggling my mind. Sesame Street, SeaWorld, what's the connection? If somebody, if you are out there and you know what this is, email me at tcpalmcast at tcpalm.com because I really want to know what this connection is. I have my own speculations, but I will keep those to myself right now. <laughs> so this actually opened this on Wednesday. There are meet and greets with all your favorite furry friends. There's a water play area. There's daily parades, which is a new thing at SeaWorld. They've never done daily parades before like they do at Disney World and they have six Sesame Street themed rides so if you're looking for something to do with the kiddos maybe geared to a little bit of a younger age SeaWorld might be that new place to try out also this week Legoland Florida had a grand opening festivities for their Lego movie World Land which opened this week as well so they've got new rides a spaceship themed playground and characters that are from the Lego movie and Lego movie 2 the second part. Hmm. I have never been to Legoland. I'll admit that. John Santucci, our sports reporter, takes his son JJ up there probably like once every couple weeks. <laughs> and I was actually telling John about these new sections of Legoland and he knew exactly where they were going in. And he's like, oh, it's by this section. And you walk by here and there's that food place right there. He goes all the time. He actually loves it and thinks it's even better than Disney World or Universal or anything else that we have in the Probably Florida. a little less crowded too. So Probably not right now though with this With the new stuff opening. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, as we mentioned also, Star Wars Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios will be opening in August. And then uh, Disney World had some other announcements this week. They announced they're adding new 5Ks to their Run Disney department. So, if you're a fan of running races, running Disney races, there are some new ones for you. There's the Marvel 5K, which is going to be in June. And that is uh, celebrating the 80th anniversary of Marvel Comics. And they're going to have a new Black Panther 5K in August. So more announcements will be coming with those races, and they're actually going to be announcing some more races. I think they're trying to uh, fill out the calendar a little bit because there's a lot of races in the fall and the winter, obviously, in Orlando because that's when it's better weather. But I think they're trying to fill out the calendar more and have more races around the year. If you are planning to go to Disney at all, I might avoid Disney World the weekend of April 4th to the 7th because that's when the Star Wars Rival Run weekend is going to be in Orlando. Oh boy, can't wait to see those costumes. So that is a 5K, 10K, and half marathon. I do believe the majority of those are sold out and there's this whole challenge thing where you can get extra medals and like it spins and like one side of it's like Luke's oh, wow. face and one side of it's Darth Vader's. I've seen them. They're, they're... Hannah's a runner, can you guys tell? <laughs> they're very popular. She's geeking out right now in the studio. But this whole run <laughs> challenge weekend is uh, the first time that Disney World is having this and like I said it's in April and it's going to be very very popular and very crowded so if you're not a runner I would avoid Disney at that weekend good to know Definitely pretty clear all the theme parks are stepping up their game to get in some new attractions and whatnot. Obviously, uh, tourism is huge in our state, so this is Mm -hmm. just one small part of them contributing to that. And then we got one more new ride that's coming to Florida over at Universal Orlando. They are launching Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. Wow. In June. (laughs) 
And that's going to be at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at the Hogsmeade section. Mm. So Yeah, I have no idea what that means, but... There's two, yeah. there's two Hogwarts worlds in <laughs> <Okay>. Universal. <laughs> one's like the Diagon Alley part, and then one's like the Hogsmeade part. And you okay. have to have two tickets, two separate tickets to be able to go. You can't just go to both. Oh, okay. So this is going to be in the Hogsmeade section. Uh, if you guys have seen the movies or read the books, you know that Hagrid rides around in a flying motorcycle, a little sidecar. And from the photos that I've seen of this roller coaster, it, that's basically what it is that you're riding yeah. in. So that'll be launching uh, June 13th. So a lot going on in our amusement parks this summer. So I'm betting we're going to get a lot more people in the Orlando area oh, than normal. Oh, yes. And finally, yes. also, there are some new rules at Disney. Disney has decided that as of May 1st, you can no longer smoke in any of the areas at its theme parks. You can still smoke in uh, Disney Springs in the designated areas, as well as the hotels and such uh, in the designated areas. So Disney is also banning certain sizes of strollers and stroller wagons. This is to help with guest flow and ease congestion. I mean, we've all been stuck behind a massive stroller before, so mm-hmm. maybe this will help a little bit, especially with all of the new stuff that's coming in. They need as much space as they can. And the last rule change is that loose or dry ice will not be allowed inside the parks if you are one of those people who brings in a cooler, probably in your giant stroller. (laughs) (laughs) You are still, however, allowed to use the reusable ice packs. I do agree with these new rules. I think it's a good idea. I mean, smoking is banned in so many other places. I was yeah. kind of surprised that it was still allowed to happen in so many places at Disney, especially because they are so big on cleanliness yes. in the parks. You know, absolutely. You, you know, they've got the magic trash cans where you never see people empty the bags that just drop down underneath the floor. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? What? Oh, yeah. You ne- you've, you've never seen a <laughs> no, custodian never. empty an actual trash bag at Disney. Wow. All the trash cans drop down underneath the ground so they never see the wow. dirtiness of emptying a trash this bag. This really is magical. It really is. They thought of all this through. <laughs> but so you have, you know, they don't empty the trash cans and you always have people walking around sweeping up the sidewalks and getting yeah. all the litter and everything. So the fact that you could still smoke there was kind of shocking. Yeah. It really met oh, yeah. with everything else going on at Disney. And then I appreciate the stroll thing. I know Families love to go to Disney. It's the happiest place on earth, all yep. that stuff. But you always see outside of rides or restaurants, those gigantic cluster yep. areas of all these strollers parked that just take up so much space and they're hard to get around. It's just, it's crowded enough. <laughs> it kind of is. And I apologize to all the parents out there that I just offended with that. <laughs> but that's just my two cents. Nah, I mean, it's valid, but those strollers do carry a lot of stuff, which is kind of nice. They do. Can I share my one little shout out to Disney? Of course you can. So I was probably 10 or 9, and I went on the alien ride at one of the Disney parks. I don't even remember which one it is now or if that ride even exists. I don't think it does. Anyways, you are strapped in, and they turn all the lights off, and there's a giant alien in the middle, and something touches your feet. You know how they like all that weird stuff. Anyways, I'm bawling in this ride. Oh, no. So scared. So upset. So we get off the ride. We go out and I'm still crying. And one of the cast members who's worked there was like, oh my gosh, there is no crying allowed at Disney. (sighs) Absolutely not. So she ran and grabbed me an ice cream, (gasps) a Mickey ice cream and was like, here, please stop crying. (laughs) Well, that was very nice (laughs) of her. There's no crying allowed there. So it's the happiest place on earth. Just want to shout out for Disney. That was pretty cool. That was very nice of them to do that. And they (laughs) made a good memory for you. Yes. All right, so we would love to hear from you on any of these stories. Do you agree with arming teachers in schools? What are your thoughts on President Trump coming to visit and speaking at Lake Okeechobee? Or any and all of these changes and new rules that are going on in our amusement parks, especially at Disney. So you can follow us on Twitter, or you can email us at tcpalmcast at tcpalm.com. Deja, thanks for coming in today and talking to me. Thank you. 
This is TC Palmcast. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the executive producer, Daisha Johnson. This podcast is also produced by Hannah Schwab and Karen Schaefer. The editor is Tim Thorson. Interviews and reporting is done by TC Palm staff. You can email us at tcpalmcast at tcpalm.com. Thank you.